Hi, this is Karen Kelly, and you're listening to An Appetite for Life. There's a great mix on this show with various topics, amazing guests, and the occasional celebrity guest. So my guest today is Kalini Kent. She's a communication, presentation skills, public speaking, and vocal coach specialist helping people communicate and present effectively with confidence, influence, and impact. So welcome, Kalini. It's great to have you on the show today. Hello there, Karen. It's absolutely wonderful to be here with you too as well. Oh, so first of all, for our listeners, just tell us all about yourself and, you know, tell us all about Kalini Kent. <laughs> wow. Where do I start? Well, first of all, I'd love to say I'm absolutely passionate about the art of communication. And that's because I think so many of us overlook the fact that we are communicating every day, one-to-one, one-to-many. And it is just such an important topic. We, A lot of people, they work on their business, their marketing message, they work on their websites, etc. They need to see their clients. But it's about making sure that when they do actually have that communication with their client, it's really impactful and it's also clear and it's, it's, it's relevant to what needs to actually happen when you communicate. So there's so much to it, actually. Um, I mean, I can break this down for you, but, you know, in particular, is there a particular area you want me to cover? Yeah, well, first of all, I think it's, it's a fabulous topic, isn't it? Because from the moment we wake up until we go to bed, we are communicating with everybody. Yeah. I mean, how we react with our children could affect their mood for the school or our colleagues. It's a really important subject. So why are you so passionate about it? Is there any background that you've come from that's kind of led you to move into this world? Well, I used to be, I used to be in um, self-marketing. So that was my first journey into it, where I was actually working with teams and getting them to think about, you know, what is it they need to say to the person who is in front of them? How do they convey that effectively using every aspect of their, their, their means of communication? And we do, we've got to remember we communicate in so many different ways. So we communicate yeah, with our body, with our facial expressions, with our voice, with our gestures, how we stand, how we walk, how we talk. So that was my first sort of journey into it. I was training people on how to present effectively face-to-face and in big groups doing big presentations. And then it that led into me being very much into the performing arts. So for the first, last 25 years, I've been a theatre director and I've also been a performer on stage. And that's, that's really- amazing. I didn't know that about you. And that was a, that's a real eye-opener. That's amazing. <laughs> it's, it's actually a fabulous way in which I've been able to hone the skills, you see, because if you think about it, when you go to the theatre, Karen, you are actually- you're transformed because if there are several things that happen when you go to the theatre, you, you, first of all, you're inspired. You're taken on a journey by those actors and performers. You are, you, they, they entertain you, but they also engage with you. And that is so important. They engage with you using every possible tool at their disposal, whether it's their voice, their body language, the actual storyline and the script, and they actually do all that with you. And so you leave at the end of it more enriched you you have learned something you are transformed and yeah, that effectively aren't you when you've left the show that's it and so that's where my the way I approach things therefore is when I'm actually speaking and training people and talking to them I'm actually thinking about well what are the skills 
that a performer would use to engage with their audience. And so I do actually do training in that purely and simply to get people to think about, well, look, you know, what is that I need to say? How do I say it? But who is my audience? Who am I speaking to? What yeah. is it that they need to hear? Because so sometimes I think that one of the challenges people face is keeping their message succinct. They actually throw the book at people. They tell them everything. Whereas actually, if you were talking, for example, to a client, you need to know, well, what does that client's problems, their pains, what are the, what are the solutions they're seeking? And then tell them what they need to hear rather than, and that way it becomes also a meaningful discussion. It's, it's more of a conversation, really. So yeah. you're not selling to them, you're just talking to them and communicating ideas and sharing facts. Because the other thing I'd stress is that communication is a two-way thing. You know, you have to have that conversation and information passing between both people. Yeah, so you've got to have those listening skills as well, haven't you? Okay, then. So let's talk about some of the areas that you um, you are passionate about and you offer your clients. So, for example, meeting people, uh, creating that first impression and creating memorable and lasting connections. Because for some people, this can come natural, can't it? But for others, it's really difficult. Absolutely. And I think what happens is when people meet people, some people may be introvert, they may be extrovert. But it's about wanting, I, I'm really pleased you mentioned listening skills, because that, to me, I always quote Stephen Covey, seek first to understand and then to be understood. Yeah. Because it's so important that people often, when they meet somebody, they, they introduce themselves, they tell them all about themselves. But actually, I'm usually more interested in the person in front of me because I can then learn about them and, learn, and we can have an actual discussion. And so I think listening skills are so important when you do meet people because you then can glean so much about them. You can actually, but it also, people always seek and crave understanding. So I think it's really important that when you do meet somebody, you listen to them because they, it will make them feel good. And that's how you make those connections. Exactly. Listening skills yeah. are one of the top ones for making connections, but also really engaging on a deep level with somebody because they will feel good because you are interested in them and you're interested in what they've got to say. And, you know, on top of the listening skills, the other thing to think about, you're asked about whether or how to create a memorable impression. First of all, if you can make that person feel special and feel as if you really want to get to know them and learn about them, it will actually start create the beginnings of a, of a lasting lasting relationship. I mean, we talk about the no like and trust factor, don't we? Yeah. And about helping people to actually really engage with you on a long-term basis. Well, it, it, if all of a sudden you might find some information there, which all of a sudden sparks another topic of conversation and you find out about that person, things okay. if you had been talking all the time, you wouldn't have heard about. So it's really good. And those are how, that's how you engage. So it could be just, if you are frightened, if I would give one tip is that if you're frightened when you meet somebody for the first time networking, have a couple of questions that you might say to them, oh, it's lovely to meet you. What is it you do? Just simple things which can get open the, open the discussion up and show that you're interested in them. And that person will openly talk to you. Let's talk about presentations, having clear, concise and compelling content. So how can you help our listeners with that? How should they structure that? Yeah, well, I, what I do is I have a very simple structure I work to. So, and it actually helps people a lot with their confidence in communication, because if they have a simple structure they can follow, then they know it's foolproof. And in any given situation, it will help them. So I, first of all, get them to think about, well, first of all, 
why what's my purpose what's the purpose of this communication this meeting this interaction this presentation etc you then think about who are you speaking to so your who is am i speaking to a public audience am i speaking one-to-one -one in a meeting am i etc so you think about who is it i'm speaking to and who are they? You do some research. What is it they need to hear? What do they need to know? So when you're putting a presentation together, you have to make sure it's relevant to the who, who that person is. So once you've got your why, you've got your who, and you know who you're speaking to, and roughly, you know, is it business people? That will then it could dictate your what. And your what is the content. And therefore, in your content, you will make sure it is relevant to the people that you're speaking to. So you will make sure that you're not... If it's a technical presentation, you don't give too much technical. If you, you don't too, use too much jargon, but what you would do is you'd make sure your content is really clear, concise, and that's what makes it compelling. And then the third, the fourth thing, my fourth word is how. And the how is so, so important. And that's where I think that raises your, elevates your presentation because you then can include, employ things like, you know, elements which will make it more charismatic. The how is things like your body language, your facial expressions, yeah. your voice, expression, intonation, the power of three, pauses, all these sorts of elements work together and you use things like imagery and storytelling. So the how is very important because there are several elements to it. Years ago, when I first did um, a trainer course, because I'm a previous trainer as well, it was, I think it was train the trainer. Yeah. And um, we all had to record ourselves presenting, um, I think it was a three minute you know, presentation. And that you don't realise what you do when you're presenting or when you're stood in front of an audience. I think I was rocking back and two on my feet <laughs> and fiddling with a pen and I didn't realise. But then the trainer himself, when he was um, you know, presenting himself, he, he was rocking on a chair and he fell off his chair. Now, he never acknowledged the fact that he fell off the chair. He stood up and carried on. Well, the rest of us, you know, were trying not to laugh. But I think anything like that, you have to address, don't you? And it's always yeah, stuck yeah. in my mind. Whenever I stand up and do a presentation or a public speaking slot, I always think of him and think, am I going to fall over? Am I going to rock back into? Well, do you know, it's funny that, isn't it? Because the thing is, things do happen in presentations yeah. and you do have curveballs and... And the thing is, people sometimes also hear, are really fearful of when somebody asks a question. Will I be able to answer that question? Answer, Will I yeah. the answer? There are so many skills to it. But you know what? It's about, I would think the biggest thing about all of this is about authenticity. And it's yeah, about being your true, natural self, yeah, because that is what people buy into. Because yeah. if you try and be something else, some people sometimes think, oh, I need to put on a presentation voice. And it's not necessary because your voice is your own. And if you try to be something that you're not, you can't maintain it 100% of can't the time. Maintain it and it will come back to bite you in the bottom, won't it? Absolutely. So let's talk about like a follow-up strength, call to action. What would you recommend to our, for our listeners for that? How can we help them? Yeah, well, when you, when you talk about a call to action, I think it's really important. The most important thing is to not have too many. Yeah. Some people say will say, look, I'd like you to I'd like to you to follow up, contact me on this point. Also, it'll be really good if you read my brochure and then you do the X, Y and Z. Oh, and you can also do this for me and uh, visit my website. 
sometimes if there's too many yeah it's overwhelming it's isn't it you it's overwhelming it's confusing i think the most important thing is to have one strong call to action so that people know exactly what to do yeah and they and it depends on the circumstances clearly because if you're live with somebody you may have already left leaflets out so you might just sort of say oh by the way you will see leaflets on the chair but please do just go to da, 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 and you'll find out more about that. Yes, yes, brilliant. It's about keeping simplicity. Sometimes people try to make it too fancy and it's about clarity and simplicity. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And also public speaking, this is a big one. I know it covers obviously most of the above topics that we talked about anyway, but yeah. it's amazing, isn't it? The nerves that you're overwhelmed with before a public speaking slot, they <laughs> really do eat away at you, you know. All the things you've mentioned can I answer the questions uh, how am I going to look you know you, you, all these things go go through your mind never mind the content that you're going to be presenting any tips for public speaking well it, again a vast topic which we have, can't cover fully today but what I would say to you is that I have fairly again since simple systems I have I call it my five p's of powerful presenting and what it is is, is effectively if you do the preparation and the planning in the first place, that is your first step. Yeah. And included in the preparation and planning, there's a whole host of things. But you, what you would do is you think about, okay, what's my venue? Where am I? Who am I speaking to? It's actually you've done all your preparation. You, if you need to have props or technical things, you would have those in place. You've done all of that. You then plan what you need to say, a bit about what we've talked about already. But as part of the preparation, then you then go and planning, you think about what do I, once you've got your, what do I need to say? You then do the practicing. And then it's that, that's my next thing is the P's. You have to practice. Yeah, and if you practice, <laughs> if you practice as well, just a little tip is that it's not about you getting it, learning it off by heart. That is the worst thing you can do. When you are practicing, it's got to be natural and flowing. And I try and reduce things to bullet points. You, you know what you're talking about. But you, you have a sort of a flow to it. And if you have to go off piece, that's fine. That's fine. But you basically have a plan. You practice, 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 but you practice the actual doing it. You actually actively practice. You're standing up. You're walking. You're talking. You're... And another part of practicing is visualization. So I would say the next thing is once you're actually becoming into your performance bit, which is the next P, when you do come to your performance bit, what you then need to do is to think about, okay, I'm going to visualize myself doing that pre preparation and doing that uh, actual presentation you visualize it and that is so important visualization that helps you to actually get into the feel of it so that when you come to do the presentation um you are actually you've already almost walked it through in a sense um and then the last thing about nerves is i would say to you i actually have some techniques for nerves but one of them is breathing yes actually how to breathe <laughs> yeah i know people forget to breathe when they're speaking but it's not just that but i do breathing techniques to actually relax you beforehand um there's various ones 7-eleven breathing box breathing but you do that before the actual presentation and that actually really really gets the oxygen to the brain so you can think clearly but it calms you as well so there's several things there but you know i've been able to just touch on but i would say that when you you know in terms of your nerves if you have actually done all that preparation and planning and the practicing you should you're as prepared as yeah, you possibly can be you're going to be okay aren't you yeah it gives you the confidence yeah. doesn't it yeah oh wonderful okay then so what do you think i mean all parts of communication are important obviously 
Well, what do you think is the most important skill in communication? Oh gosh, there are several here. Unfortunately, I can't pinpoint it to one. I find it very difficult to pinpoint it to one because yeah. it's all of those things. But I would say is know your purpose, know your purpose and intention, and then that will give you clarity. Because once you know your purpose and what you're actually speaking about, it makes it relevant, okay? And it makes it, you have clarity. And then I do find it difficult to make it down to one, but also, and there's things like authenticity, be your authentic true self when you're communicating with people. And, you know, and then the other stuff as well is about all the body language. I do find it difficult to narrow it down to one because communication is such a vast thing. And so many elements go into making a communication or a conversation so good. But I actually think it's also focusing if I would give uh, focusing on the other person. Yeah, and, and listening to them. And that's another great skill, isn't it? We've talked about it obviously previously. But one thing I remember doing, um, it was another course during this training. And I did a presentation on hand signals. And I couldn't <laughs> believe all the different hand signals and how offensive some are. I don't mean the natural middle finger or two fingers, anything like that. Just the way we might rest our hands or fiddle with our teeth actually is a very offensive move for yeah. our hands and I never realized that you know which is a long time ago but it's always stuck with me okay so let's talk about the power of five what is the power of five right well so I do various things um when I talk about communication and helping people with their communication and confidence there are various aspects we can learn the actual skills of communication um, but then what is it that holds us back? And very often it's our confidence levels. And it's also if something is being able to have the right mindset so that when we communicate, we've got the right frame of mind, we're feeling positive, we're feeling empowered, etc. But also if a situation happens, it's about you being able to reframe it and see, take the positive out of it. Because so often we have like our chimp on our shoulder or something undermining us. Um, and the things we say to ourselves are very negative. And then there's also your resilience to bounce back. If And your resilience is what helps you have the strength and the nerves and the confidence, etc. So I work on the three together when I, I'm a confidence, resilience and mindset coach. So hence the power of five. So you've got communication, you've got confidence, you've got resilience, mindset. And the last one is purpose. So that's my power of five. If you know what your purpose is, what your intention is, et cetera, you work on your confidence levels, you work on your resilience, your mindset, et cetera, and the communication, that's my power of five. And it, when you work on it all together, it really is powerful. Um, and it gives you the ability to do whatever it is, say whatever it is you want. Um, and that's, this links into my... You know, we've, we've, we've talked a little bit about people finding their voice. Yeah. And when I talk about finding your voice, it's not about, you know, there, there are various situations we're talking at th two or three different levels. The first level, are you happy for me to explain that to you now? Yeah, of course. Yeah, go for yeah. it. So the, when you talk about finding your voice, first of all, there are some people who are petrified of presenting and they're petrified of speaking and they're frightened of doing it. So first of all, it's about giving them that confidence and inner self-belief that they can do it. Yeah. So it's about getting them to think about, well, what is it I need to say here? How am I going to say it? And taking them through that process 
so that they actually, first of all, have that in, initial confidence to say what they need to say. Yeah. So that's the finding your voice bit. But there's another element of finding your voice for me. And that is about finding what your true inner message is. And that's about getting to the nub of, OK, what is it my business is about or what is it? Who am I about? If somebody wants to just be a public speaker about their personal life and, and, and at something they've gone, some adversity they've gone through or a challenge they faced and they want to share that with the world, it's about getting to the essence of that person. So it's about finding what their true authentic voice is and getting that out there and helping them to share that message in a, in a really compelling, strong story. Does that make sense? Yeah, so, it does make sense, yeah. Now, I know we've talked a lot mainly around business, really, haven't we? Which is, you know, communication mm -hmm. around business and helping people progress with communication. And But I'm just wondering, does this also work for maybe, you know, youngsters, teenagers, going to school and meeting peers and, and finding their voice in their girl group or boy group yeah. and finding their place? That's a really huge challenge I think for people starting school do you offer anything for for that kind of age group or what absolutely yeah. so the other the other hat I wear is people don't know I'm a confident I'm a parent family and youth coach I have worked I've had my own drama academy since 2010 um and and I've been many hats Kalina you've got many I do. <laughs> they all work together because there are young people who need to be able to express themselves Definitely. and as you're growing up and you're going in for example you're going through the primary the secondary stage so many things happen to you and you develop and your puberty kicks in etc and it people are finding that young people are finding themselves they don't know they're trying to find their pecking order within their social groups yeah. and within their friendship groups and sometimes they actually are fearful of who they are. They have to find themselves. So I do actually help young people. I work all the time. I have my youth group I see on a Saturday about 50 children where I'm working with them using performance techniques to get them to find their voice because young people, sometimes they want to express themselves, but they're fearful of it. But it's the insecurity they have. Young yeah. people are very can be insecure. Well, a lot of adults are insecure. Yeah. And so it's about giving them that inner confidence to actually speak up and speak out and say what is important to them. And, you know, they all get there eventually, but through sometimes a painful route. And things, the other thing to bear in mind is that things happen to us, don't they? Negative things. And they can affect us and make us then all of a sudden, like it could be bullying. Bullying can really make young people lose their confidence and they don't speak up or because you're slightly different. You may have, you know, people pick on others and there's some unpleasant conversations that take place where people are picking on somebody about something they can't do anything about, whether it's freckles or or a, the colour of their skin or the colour of their hair or their religion. You can't change that. So it's about giving people that inner confidence to be able to find themselves and just to be able to stand their ground. And that's one of the things I've, I've you know, I've got an anti-bullying program. I work with young people to help them to, to, to feel that confidence to speak up about themselves and not be downtrodden and pushed down by people who are not very kind. Yeah, that I think I think also with the younger generation of the teens and the, you know, the, the secondary school maybe years, they haven't got the same resilience. So yeah. it's harder for them to to take that on board, to absorb what maybe a bully has said or a peer has said, mm -hmm. push themselves down and move on. That's that, that that's the hard part, isn't it? And, and I would say to you, and I mean that you're a parent with two young, young two children, and same with me. I've had my children, and. 
are so many parents out there. That's why I like to help parents and do the parent coaching, because at the end of the day, as a parent, you want to raise your child to be confident, be able to resilient, resilient to actually you know, cope with life setbacks and bounce back from problems. Um, and, you know, have positivity, a growth mindset. The problem we have is that unfortunately, you know, things happen to children which are out of your control, but you've got to pick up the pieces, haven't you? Exactly. And, yeah. and, and you've got to be there for them, to support them, to help them when they're facing their challenges. And unfortunately, children sometimes then go in their shell and they don't actually communicate with you. So it's about being able to keep those lines of communication going with your child. Definitely. That is really important to me. And that's why I'm so passionate about it. Yeah, and this really should be taught in schools. And I think to a certain extent, it is on a small scale. But just think of what they'd become if they had all these skills at a much younger age. So one of the things that I do actually before lockdown is I actually go into schools and I do workshops Brilliant. for people. Yeah, so before lockdown, um, I mean, a, a typical week I was in the school doing like 20 different workshops in different age groups. And it was effectively things like how to build confidence, how to be resilient, how to have a growth mindset, um, how to cope with um, peer pressure and conflict resolution, because young people have to cope with a lot of conflict at school. Um, How to cope, how to be a role model or how to actually find your um, what your goals are, because young people need goal setting, too. You know, we talk about it for adults, but they need goals. So that is the sort of thing I use. I, I usually have been doing before lockdown and it's our opening up again. So that is something. So hence why I work with young people, families and the schools, because obviously the children at schools a lot of the time. I think, you know, going back to your point, I think it's so important for schools to recognise the importance of that. And the, the forward thinking schools who've had me in, you know, they're fabulous because they're really looking at the well-being of the children. All of this leads them having good well-being yeah definitely and I think maybe my generation your generation your parents wanted you to grow up with your p's and q's and be respect respectful of others which is important obviously but it wasn't really their well-being as such that was concentrated on like it is today it's fascinating okay then so before we go Kalini do you have any courses coming up that you'd like to talk about and share with our listeners Yeah, well, actually, I've got a very, very exciting thing coming up at the moment, which I've been working on. And it's actually um, a a speaker brilliance um, sort of retreat. It's actually I'm I'm sort of it's it's in it's uh, about to be launched. In fact, next week, Karen, it's really exciting. Where's this going to be happening? Oh, so it's happening in December and it's absolutely I'm so excited because I'm, I'm collaborating. I've got a few ladies who are actually coming in to help and collaborate with this. Um, so it's going to be at a five-star um, venue and it's all the food and it's all totally inclusive but we're going to be three days digging deep into how to actually get your public speaking to the next level and we're going to have a, a stylist in who's actually going to be working on on your how you dress and how you stand so the ladies will be able to bring along all of their sort of like outfits belts shoes all the accessories to accessorize themselves I have a photographer coming in who's going to be doing shots all day long and there'll be branding shots at the end. They'll get five branding shots they'll be used and having them also in action. But and um, I've got a makeup artist coming in to do the makeup. So it's all going to be the complete package and I'm going to be working for the three days with them, helping them to get their presentation. They'll come along. We'll do some pre-prep. 
they'll come along and be able to get their presentation so good so it'll be almost like an 18 minute presentation like a TED talk wow. so and it's, it's going to be really exciting so that's one thing and then other than that I've got a five-day challenge coming up um mid-October and the great thing about that again is it leads into me just just a short like I have an eight-week course at the end of it and it's helping people to do all that we've talked about today yeah. very very affordable and it's a good way of them just being able to work with other people in the safe space to actually get their communication get the message get it out there just so so that they learn the skills they need to actually make an impact whenever it is they're, they're whether in the networking meeting face to face doing a live i work a lot on getting people confident about doing facebook lives because unfortunately we do have to do them i know that's something i need to think about <laughs> about putting my makeup on I'd like to I'd like to be able to get up and think right I'm just going to talk now but I just won't do it because I feel I have to have my face on I can't help it I'm more confident with my makeup on there are so many people who are frightened to press that live button yeah I'm one of them (laughs) (laughs) I'm one of them Oh, oh, Colleen, it's been absolutely gorgeous talking to you today. So for our listeners, before you go, if they've got any questions or want to enrol on any of your courses, how can they get in touch with you? Well, you're very, very welcome to make either contact me direct through Facebook. Um, it's Kalini Kent. There's nobody with my name. It's quite unique. Or you can email me at Kalini at KalinikentCom And it's spelled K-A-L-I-N-I, Kalini at KalinikentCom or yeah, those are the two main ways. Please do get in touch with me and we can just have built up a conversation and we can find out how I can help you. And I'll, you know, I'm always happy to just find out what people's challenges are and just see if I can just point them in the right direction. Fabulous. Oh, I wish you all the best with everything, all the best with your course in December. And I'm sure we'll chat again soon. Yes, absolutely, Karen. Thank you so much for having me. It's been really a pleasure. You've been listening to An Appetite for Life, sponsored by Daybank House Dental Practice, where happiness starts with a smile. If you are interested in any of my packages or wish to be a guest on this show, then you can contact me via my social media pages, Karen Kelly Podcasts, or send an email to carolindakelly at btinternet.com.